Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, and I'm super excited to be joined by Alice Collier, Andromedan contactee. We're going to talk about the way the world is going right now and uh, his insights and maybe some uh, information that he's picked up over the uh, last several years. Alex, thank you for joining me. Michael, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Let's jump in. Let's uh, talk a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us a little bit of a background and then we'll just you know start talking about the uh, Andromedan uh, information. Well, my contact started when I was eight years old in, in uh, upstate Michigan in an area called Crooked Lake. Mm. And uh, it was a family picnic. And the next thing I know, we all go out to play hide and go seek. I found a nice shady spot underneath a, a walnut chestnut tree. And the next thing I know, I'm laying on a table and there's two men, gentlemen, standing next to me. Seven and a half foot tall, light blue man. And then a very short man who almost looked Asian. He was about five foot they were an odd couple to say the least. And, but his skin was almost white. And I came to know the, the tall blue man as Viseas, I'm sorry, as Morinay, and the very short pale man as Viseas. Morinay was 2,300 years old at that time. And Viseas was almost 4,400 years old. Mm. And, you know, that's earth years. Mm. But, you know, their DNA structure is different from ours, so they have a great longevity of life. I was on this table, and they put this, like a ringed yarmulke type of thing on my head. And as soon as it went on, monitors came out of the wall. Now, there was nothing in this room, just the cot that I was laying on. And as these monitors came out, they began to show scenes, like movie clips. And I knew... I knew I was looking at me. Anyway, to make a long story short, they introduced themselves and they told me that I was one of them 62,000 years ago and that I had come here to establish an outpost on Earth. And I got caught in a war. We got caught. There were four of us at the time. We got caught in the crossfire of a war and we were killed which is why we had been here stuck since. The same four they've had contact with, I don't know about what happened to them, why they never came forward. I did have communication with one of them down in South America, but he had been paying attention to what was happening to me. When I first came out and started talking about the kids, about all the missing children, I'm sure that made them all run off. Because it got ugly, and it got ugly really fast. So went to school, worked in aerospace, worked for the United States Treasury, did a lot of other things as a contractor. And then one day, I just decided I was going to have a conversation with my father. Now, when I was a kid, when I was 16, my dad was a, a late snacker. He would get up in the middle of the night and snack. And he saw the light was on in my room and I had always had a habit of falling asleep, reading homework or social studies, whatever it was. So 
he opened the door and he saw me being dropped down into my bed. And he wow. said there was this ball of light that was in the room with me. And he goes, it looked right at me. He said it looked right at him. And he said he just closed the door and he went downstairs. Well, that's where I found my dad in the morning because I was usually the first to get up because I had to catch the bus to get to high school. And I like, you know, how you doing, dad? And he's like, you know, hey, sport, have a seat. <laughs> so, so I sat down and, and he tells me about what he saw. And then he explains to me, he said he saw the light fly right through the window without breaking it. Wow. So I told him what had happened. Now, I had shared this with my mom when I was eight, when this whole thing started, but it didn't go well at all. It didn't go well at all. So I just stopped talking about it. And then when she passed away in 64, uh, we went to live with my dad. And then this happened. This was 69, 70. Wow. So we sat down and I told him. And he only had a few questions. He said, do they hurt you? I go, no, not at all. They're actually, they're my friends. And they say that I was once one of them. And then his next question was, is there a God? And I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a power. They call it isness. We call it God, but there definitely is something because something created all the dimensions. Mm -hmm. And he was okay, good. And then he would never want to talk about it again. Oh my gosh. That's, that's amazing. He just wanted that and it's like, okay, that's enough, huh? Yeah, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, he was a very devout Catholic and I think he knew if he went any further, his belief systems would just turn to dust. Yeah, pretty much, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's that's the way it is, I think, right now. Yeah, it is. A lot of people are, are finding that out. So, yeah, it's very, very young as a first contactee. And then, uh, so it, it, I guess it, you know, continued for uh, a while after that, or how did, how did you, how did it work? Well, there's never been a pattern, but it, mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be, there were times where it would be three, three times a month, maybe four. Sometimes it would be where I would go and I would spend a week and then I would come back and only seven or eight minutes had passed mm-hmm. in time here, you know, other times it would be much, much longer but there's never been a pattern to it. And they're from fifth density. So whenever they would come down and I would go on board, uh, I would walk into a, a, a blue beam of light. And as soon as I would land on the platform in the craft, they would put this belt on me. And this belt would hold my, my physical form together. Mm. And, and essentially what it is, it's a, like a spacesuit except there's no suit to it at all. It's an energy field. Ah, right. Okay. So now it's just me and, and, but this field, it moves with me and it, and it holds everything together. It, it, it um, creates the gases I need, the oxygen, everything that I need. It's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing tech. And um, so you're, you're literally in fifth D when you're uh, you're there. Yes. So, yes. Wow, literally. That's incredible. It's amazing. And you know, what's interesting, Michael, is you, is you feel bigger, you feel taller, you feel more expansive. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really difficult to put into words. Your senses, your, your sensory perceptions are like off the chart. And that can be an issue when you come back after an extended amount of time, 
Because when you come back, as you enter the beam, they take the belt off. And then you come back here and you're physically formed. Your senses are still out there. Mm -hmm. And what I had to learn was that I needed to, to remove myself from the population because there was a time where I lived in, in the Valley in, in California, mm -hmm. I would go out and I would pick up everything. People were thinking everything they wow. were feeling, mostly the emotions, the anger and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Whoa. So, and it really got to me. So I would just isolate myself for 24 hours. Sometimes mm -hmm. it'd be 36. Sometimes it'd go 48 hours. It was, it was always different to where my, my energy field would become normal. Mm. And then at that point, I would put myself back out to talk to people or to engage right. with folks. Because then I wasn't so open and vulnerable to all the crap that people think and are feeling. And, and I, I mean, there was a time I walked by somebody on the street in Van Nuys, and he had an attachment on his left shoulder. Mm -hmm. And the attachment saw me look at him. And the thing hissed at me. It just hissed. It was so gross. I don't know what it was, but it was attached to him and it was just holding on to him here. And it looked at me and it, you know, and I'm just like, whoa. It, it sensed that you were a little bit more advanced than the average human, I guess. Well, uh, it knew it knew that I could see it. Yeah. Because That's, I looked right at it. Wow. So you've you've actually experienced the 5D. Now, when they come down, how do they maintain their form? Are they in some kind of suit or something? Or can they handle the energy here for a little while and have to go back? How does that work for them? Well, the clothes they always wear basically is a suit. To my knowledge, it's all it's self-cleaning. They can change it, but ultimately it does everything they need. They do, in fact, wear a belt themselves, which converts our atmosphere into something that they're they're used to. For example, in 5D, where they are, there is a much higher content of oxygen to carbon dioxide. Where mm -hmm. here, it's the opposite. Right. It's more carbon dioxide than oxygen. Mm -hmm. You know, one time I, I tried their fruit, their food, they're fruititarians. They have these huge orchards on their ships. Mm. And it was like this little little green tablet. And I can remember, I'm, I, I was begging for me, look, I could do this. This is, you know, you, you got to let me just try it because I was so curious. He goes, <laughs> well, no, this is not a good idea. And at this time, he was still telepathic. He didn't learn to actually use his vocal cords. He goes, this is not a good idea. And I'm begging him and I'm begging him. And, and I worked him and I worked him. And finally, <laughs> he's like, okay. So he broke a half off and then broke it again, okay, into a corner, to a fourth. And then I'm chewing it and I'm like, no big deal. This is like, hey, that's what it tasted like, hey. Mm. And then all of a sudden, my body just like, oh, God. And because it had so much oxygen in it, Oh, I got sick. And then I just, I completely unloaded everything. Wow. That was in my stomach. And I can remember how appalled his crew was. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, and I'm so embarrassed. And he takes me in, and we walk down a corridor, a hallway into another room where we sit down and we start to have a conversation. 
I don't know who cleaned it up or if they had a machine do it or something. <laughs> but that was the last time I, I was ever allowed to have anything of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's yeah, amazing. I, I'm going to share this story with you. And, and I've only shared this with one person. One time there was a contact after I had just had a Mexican dinner and I had had a soft drink. So I get up to the ship. I was in Lake Arrowhead, California at the time. Mm. They put the belt on me. I'm there. And now I have this field around me. And, and, and Michael, I, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't fire me sooner. But <laughs> I, I think I know where this is going. But I, but I broke wind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the field, the shield that was around me just started to light up. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, there was no hiding it. And, you know, Viseus was standing right there. And I swear, if he had been an earth human, he'd have shook his head so much it would have rolled right off his shoulders. Uh. It was just, oh, my God. So, yeah, I've made some blunders. Uh, but, you know, it's been interesting learning. Uh, the telepathy was very interesting, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be talking to me and, and I would look down and I'm thinking, why am I thinking these thoughts? This is crazy. I don't know what this is. And it wasn't me at all, <laughs> you know, course, yeah. and they tap me on the shoulder and they're like, you know, it's me. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So that was a process sure, of sure. learning the uh -huh. difference of, of their frequencies and their voice mm. so that I could tell you know, who it was. Wow. So you can actually tell that in your head. Yeah. I, I've done telepathy with uh, other people, but it was, I, I've never, it's always like just one-on-one. -on -one, I can tell who it is. I never really determine, yeah. you know, they have, they have their own resonance. Yeah. They have their own resonance. Right. Wow. Well, I, I got the crash course, you know? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who's that? Who is it? <laughs> so this, these are the things that we can expect when we go into 5d now you've yeah. talked a lot about the different dimensions, you know, over the years and it, absolutely fascinating. I saw one of uh, your talks all the way back in 1994 and uh, had some of your telecast uh, over the last uh, several months. I've, you know, come in and uh, bought them. So everybody's getting a nice treat. We're getting a, you're getting a freebie right now from Alex. So this is this fantastic. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know, I love to support you. I know that you've been, you know, like a lot of us that, you know, reveal a lot, you get attacked. You lose friends, you lose relatives, yeah. dear ones, loved ones, and so forth. So when we go, when we do these shifting, as we're doing right now, I believe, what do you see in the near future? And, and how is that going to look for us so everybody can understand? So fourth into fifth, uh, how does that look? Well, we're already moving into fourth. And mm -hmm. we can tell that because of, of all the physical changes that are going on around us. Mm -hmm. One of those would be the Schumann residence. Mm. The other is the plasma belt, which we're crossing into now. For example, the galactic plane is a huge plasma field, which is electricity, basically. Mm -hmm. So our bodies are physically having to adjust to that. The planet is already doing that. So as she shifts and makes changes, so will we, especially if, if we're in the flow with her mm -hmm. and her frequency. You know, there's a lot of people who aren't connected to nature in any way. And they're going to have a very difficult time. And as the resonance continues to rise, those who are with the flow are going to handle it relatively well. Those who are not, 
Michael, we're going to see a lot of people go absolutely stark raving crazy mm. because they can't handle the frequency. We're going to see more and more people having brain aneurysms because they can't handle the frequency. Right. Many of the kids are going to adapt to this just fine. Mm. Good. Because they're so wide open anyway at this point. Mm-hmm. It's it's the parents. It's the adults who maybe don't meditate, maybe don't get out into nature. They just sit around and watch TV. Their diet's horrible. They're alcoholics. They smoke a lot. There are going to be a lot of challenges. Now, that's not to say people can't change. Sure. But as we get higher and higher in the frequency, what's going to happen is more and more people are going to, they're going to awake. They're going to begin to see things that they hadn't seen before. They're going to be able to say, hey, why is that happening? And they will be able to piece it together with other bits and pieces of information that maybe they heard years and years ago. And then all of a sudden what's going to happen is they're going to see it inside their mind holographically. They're going to see the picture. They're going to totally understand what's happening. And then what's going to happen concurrently with that is they're going to expand on a psychic level. They're going to experience genuine empathy. And what I mean by that is they're going to pick up on other people who may not be anywhere near them. And they're going to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? I, I sent something. And, and they're going to be like, well, no, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm on my way to the hospital. It's going to be more and more things like that. As the DNA begins to accelerate, many of the children, what they're going, what's going to happen is that they're going to pop a third strand. Now, it's already in our bodies, but it's been dormant. Mm. The kids are going to pop it. And as we get closer to fourth density, Mike, Michael, some of the kids are going to go in. It's going to appear like they're walking into air and then they're gone. But then they're going to come back and they're going to tell us, the rest of us, what it is they experienced and the things that they've been taught. And this is being done specifically for the kids because extraterrestrial races practice what is called the law of consistency. What that means is that in an, I'll use the A's as an, as an example. In their entire civilization, whatever information they have, whatever research, whatever knowledge, whatever proof or facts that they acquire, it is shared equally amongst all the people. Mm. They don't say, okay, just the adults, and then 10, 15 years from now or 50 years from now, because they live so long, we're going to teach it to the kids. No, everybody gets it at the exact same time. Wow. So that the consciousness of the civilization is all exactly on the same page. Even if they don't understand it, mm-hmm. the knowledge, the resonance of the knowledge is there. So they all have it. This way, they all move in tandem together. They're not broken apart by generations or educational structures or caste systems, none of that. That's because fantastic. they realize that Absolutely civilizations fantastic. don't survive that way. Yeah, I really feel that there's a lot of people that are actually experiencing this right now because we're seeing things that we've never seen before as far as like, uh, you know, the dirty tricks and the evil that's been being done for a long, long time. You know, guys like us, we've been noticing it for a long time, trying to point out as, as much as yeah. possible. But now it's being 
recognized by more people than I have ever seen before. It is really starting to uh, happen. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, we're no longer conspiracy theorists. And now we're bushwhackers, trailblazers, right? Hey, we're the go-to guys now. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, wow. <laughs> so um, there is a lot going on. And, you know, I find it interesting that the military, after all these years, wants to talk about UFOs. Mm-hmm. But that, that's because there's so much going on out there. Oh, yeah. They realize that there's going to be a come-to-Jesus moment here. Mm-hmm. And they, they better start preparing people because the backlash is going to be on them. I agree. You remember the 90s of Disclosure Project? Oh, yeah, definitely. It might be time to resurface that because I think everybody's ready to hear it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about secret space program stuff. It's been coming through big time for me. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to talk about it. No one's going to get that. And it's it's blowing up. People are really finally ready for it. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's almost a miracle. I mean, I didn't think it would ever happen, frankly. They were in the 90s, early 90s. There were just a couple of us. Man, it was a tough detail. <laughs> oh, I, I can imagine. It was tough sledding. Yeah. Holy shit. I lost a great job. And I was making a lot of money. I was doing very, very well because the owner of the company went up to Aspen to go skiing. And on the way home, they were listening to the Art Bell show. (laughs) And he replayed my interview with him. So they're like, yeah, that's him. I know his voice. You know, that's exactly who it is. So Monday morning, he calls me in. And, you know, he was a very religious person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he questioned me about it. And I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, you're not the kind of people we want here. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, has been happening for a long time. I've heard you talk about how the Andromedans are saying that, you know, our development here on Earth is essential for the rest of the universe or the galaxy, whatever, to uh, evolve. And they're really kind of like, can you guys come on, get with it, get the program, you know? And then we have all this, all this stuff that's like keeping us, you know, weighed down. Yeah. You're, you're on a 10 speed bike. Let's start shifting some gears here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's really starting to kick, but we're still haven't dragging our feet. Of course, you know, we've had uh, the Ryans that have been like, you know, weighing on us for a long time. And there's been like, you talked about the humans and the Ryans have been duking it out for hundreds of thousands of years and we're kind of kind of like kind of over that a little bit now and everybody there's still that 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 control system that's going on here do how do you see that going forward i think since the intervention has begun Mm -hmm. and it and apparently it happened many many years ago before uh, most of us were read into it Mm -hmm. i think it's accelerated to a, a to a stage now where and let's just say the white hats are benevolence clearly have the upper hand mm-hmm. and you know everybody's been battling with the dracos forever right and that's a whole nother story absolutely and i don't need to go there but i think we're good i i think mm-hmm. i i i really have the sense that we're about to really turn a corner here and as we make this turn and we start heading ascending with knowledge and frequency and the awareness of each other here on the planet that we're going to make this turn. And yeah, we're going to have moments where we're going to have some truly righteous anger, 
Mm-hmm. But I think the worst of it is going to be behind us. I agree. I agree. All we're going to have to do is stop to learn the lessons of what happened so it never gets repeated again. Ah, oh, perfect. Ever. I said. Yep. Now, I agree. to get back to the fifth density thing, mm-hmm. Michael, I am convinced that a majority of the souls on this planet inhabiting the human form came here from fifth density, which is why they're stuck. Mm. Because it has to be, in order to ascend, there there are soul groups mm-hmm. that need to accomplish and complete specific missions that they've agreed to do. Mm. And I think the largest of those soul groups, and there's several, is a group from fifth density. And it could be from star systems, different star systems. That doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, they came down here as system busters to break the back of this matrix, this paradigm of controlling and feeding off of others. I talked to an Arcturian a couple of days ago, and that's that's her theory. I'm from Series B. I connect with Series B. I feel like I have a, a fifth entity soul connection that's actually incarnate there, and I connect with it occasionally. So I... I I totally agree with you. That's that's incredible. And I've heard you talk about a little bit of that over the years, you know, how different star seeds have come in here and with the mission to help humanity evolve a little faster, like the Pleiadians and stuff like that. Yeah. But the Andromedans are really kicking things right now. Well, they are. And, in the, and so are the Pleiadians. You know, mm-hmm. they have a very large role to play here. They had their own issues and they pulled out of here. And that's pretty much they had to go through a civil war in their own star system. Mm-hmm. And when they pulled out of here, humanity was no longer protected. And that didn't go well for us because we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. And it was very easy to infiltrate and then take over and uh, establish monarchies and in, in the whole nine yards, the bloodlines. Mm-hmm. So it's only now that we're coming out of it. So, uh, but there's many, many star systems here now, 139 oh, wow. last count that are part of this project or they're mentoring or they're offering their expertise, their insight, their science. Many of them are actually on the ground, boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. Many of them are working with teams Mm. underground to clear tunnels. Definitely. Nests, very specifically some nests because they know the enemy far better than we do. And in that role, we're in a supportive role for them. Mm. You know, they're going in, they're cleaning out, we're removing the bodies, we're mapping and destroying what's left, removing technology, whatever it is, and then it goes you know, somewhere, probably to Nevada or Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and these underground white hat control dumps, mm-hmm. you know, where they're looking at the technology and taking it apart and see what it does. Yeah. And you know, we're very clever as a race. We have come, despite everything, we have come a long, long way. I mean, we have tech probably close to a thousand years in advance of anything that oh wow the population on the surface thinks. I've seen stuff that's like probably fifty to hundred years, you know, more advanced. Oh, that's totally and that was a long time ago. So I know it's yeah. far more advanced than now at this point. So you're the, like the second or third person I've heard that said that was a thousand years more advanced. That's yeah. hard to. Well, military technology advances 40 years every year. Yeah, good point. You know, and we've got it in these programs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's why Trump 
as was abolishing the Federal Reserve and instituting U.S. Treasury, new currency, government treasury issued currency, so he could take control of those programs because there's no other way to get that stuff out mm. unless you control the money. Right. Because they all need the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they have uh, some very, very evil ways of, of getting that money. Well, we've learned some really bad habits, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of those those nasty things out there, drug running, weapons running, human trafficking, and so forth. Yeah. So it's it's good to see that, you know, there was like a clamp down on it. I, I still hear that that is happening, even though we we see and hear about the border, you know, invasion, it seems like. I think there is still a very concerted effort to uh, take down pedophiles and uh, human trafficking. The issue of abortion came up once in a conversation I had with Mornay and Paseas. And, you know, their response had nothing to do with whether it was right or whether it was wrong. Their response really caught me off guard. And basically their response was this. Any civilization that terminates its young for a period of 120 years or more has never survived. Mm. Because after that point, life becomes so cheap, you just do away with yourself. And we're at what, 70 years now? Yeah, we got versus Wade. I think it's 70 years now. Yeah, we definitely need to turn that around very soon. And And it will be. Hello, this is Michael Jacob. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. So what else do you think needs to be done for humanity to evolve further in consciousness at this point? Oh, well, you know, we have to start fighting with each other. I mean, this whole racial thing, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the days of the Anunnaki, when we were when the Sumerians and the Chaldeans were here, you know, we were all on the reservation. It didn't matter what your color was or anything, even what language you spoke. You know, we were all on the same reservation. Hmm. We were all slaves. And if we could just get people to look at this, this scenario today is, is very much the same. You know, we have the media, we have the, the cabal, you have the deep state. You have the banking situation, the banking consortiums. You have these governments. We Here in America, we talk about being free, but, but we're actually not anymore. Right. And, and no one is then. And I don't know that we remember what it's like to actually be free. Mm. So, you know, the say I always ask Viseas, you know, what is to be our future? And he said... Um, to unconditionally be responsible for oneself without being coerced to accept some higher authority. The idea is that we become a civilization of leaders. And that's something we're going to have to grow into because we don't have that many examples here on the surface anymore. You know, it might be the, the military, might be the military people are the best example of leadership because they maintain that mostly you know, no matter what the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they learn to keep their cool. They know how to to manage people, how to direct people to to get the best out of them. You know, maybe it's going to be something like that, or that's going to be one of the examples. 
But if you look at the politics, if you look at the entertainment industry, if you look at the music industry, there are very, very few examples of people who truly have their shit together that could go out and teach as an example how to be. Mm-hmm. With the exception of maybe Denzel Washington. Oh, I love him. Yeah, good, good, good. I think he might be in in the Hollywood arena. He might be the only one Mm -hmm. that I'm aware of who walks his talk. Totally agree. There may be others, but I'm not aware of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need some type of mentorship. We, We need to learn how to think differently. We need to see ourselves completely differently than how we've been programmed, you know, to see ourselves as sinners. We are amazing beings Mm. we are capable of anything we can create anything we can draw to us anything as long as we're clear about our intent you know i found it interesting that when people were talking about the uh, law of abundance and uh the secret and all those movies that were coming out about self-empowerment how the church has attacked it and i'm just like whoa 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 wait a minute you know uh, didn't Jesus take two fish and two loaves of bread and, you know, feed a multitude? I mean, he did exactly what this is trying to teach everyone. And But, you know, and you're calling it the devil. So it's just, um, it is really frustrating. And it has been frustrating because I don't think anybody really knows what they want. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people want to uh, do this, Sension. They feel that that's uh, they're being pulled to that. They want the the qualities and abilities that come with that ascension. But do they like want to talk the about the intuition, the, the intuition, the telepathy? What other things do you see that are coming? Uh, of course, we're as we're seeing now, you're going to be able to uh, you know know when people are you know BSing you instantaneously. Like you know the court systems that we have now are are extremely corrupt and we'll be able to see through all that politician lies, you know, I think pretty much we're seeing through a lot of this stuff already. You know, the court system is going to change dramatically in fourth density. They don't actually call them judges. What, what they're called are seers. Mm-hmm. And essentially when, when something comes up and you are presented before the seers, you tell your story and essentially they're looking right through you. And then they will listen to the others and then they will make a decision. And it's, it's purely based on their ability to read the person, to read the information, the stress levels, the uh, emotion, you know, I don't want to call them psychics per se, but pretty much that's what it comes down to. And that's going to be the new court system. Because the system we have now, it's really archaic. It should have gone away. Michael, we are 400 years behind where we're supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. If if we had not been trapped, we would be off-world already. We would have been off-world already 200 years now. Oh, my God. Because the technology was available in the 50s mm-hmm. to go to the moon, to go to the Mars, to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. Altar, which is where the Nazis like to go was to go to Altar. There are Earth-like planets there. Hmm. And just in our own solar system, uh, Uranus, a lot of the sea life we have in our oceans here, they were genetically modified and and created in Uranus, on Uranus, in the oceans there. Once they were perfected, the genetics, 
they were lifted out and brought here and put in our oceans. Oh my gosh. So there are whales there, there are sharks, there may even be some megalodons still. You know, this is where like a lot of the dinosaurs came from. They were genetically created to work to see if they would work because DNA is the currency of the realm out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you put your own stamp on it and you've created a life form. And if it flourishes, you know, then you have rights and you have claims to territory because your living species, your DNA descendants or whatever they are, are there. You know, that's pretty much how it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's always an exchange of technology. There's a lot of different things that they use. But I'm not aware of any galactic credits, at least not in fifth. Gotcha. You know, there's no American. You talked about how there was uh, pretty much uh, when the Pleiadians left uh, for a civil war. Was that during the time frame where Lemuria and Atlantis uh, had their warrants probably around 12, 14,000 years ago? Is that kind of the period? That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And when the Pleiadians came back, uh, Atlantis picked a fight with them. And uh, that's when the asteroids fell out of the sky. Mm. They were actually thrown. Sure. They were thrown at the planet. Mm. So the, uh, the, the Mars, huge Mars base, a lot of people talked about it. I have memories of it. I feel like I'm involved in it in certain, certain realms. Yeah, I saw that of yours. Yeah. I you talking about that. Yeah, so I, I believe that there could be a little little contact going on in Mars, and that might be the uh, the last uh, the last we see of the dark ones. What have you heard? Anything about a Mars uh, last last ditch effort, or anything about that? <laughs> Nothing specific, other than the entire solar system is going to be cleaned out. Nice. Okay. Good. And 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 it isn't so much the races as it is a particular group. Mm. of beings that they're they're just done with everybody's done with Mm. you know there are there are other negative road groups who don't go as far as the orion group has right and even they're wanting to help get rid of these these beings Mm -hmm. because they're just they're off the table you know they just nothing nothing whatsoever is sacred to them Mm. You know, I was told they were going to be removed from the equation. Wow. So that means no jail. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was getting to. So I, the the Arcturian, uh, you know, contactee was basically uh, saying kind of like the, the same thing, that they're actually Orion's Draco that are very positive and are, like you're saying, you know, pretty disgusting, pretty pretty done with the uh the group that's uh rogue like yeah. you're talking about and they're the cleanup time is very near i believe it's already started i think oh, yeah, we're definitely. well into it i do i think we're well into it yeah i agree and um you know if we have boots on the ground and underground mm-hmm. then then it we're in it we're oh, you yeah. know, it, it's down good point so we're it's down yeah i think it's happening and uh i also think that there's been an exchange of technology to assist in this project Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll be allowed to keep it once the missions are completed. Mm. It might might take several years for the mission to be completed. However, they're being pushed further down into the ground and away from, from us on the surface. So that's important because, Michael, we're, we're, we're not a food source for anybody, and we never should be. Oh, yeah. 
it's just messed up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, there's a lot of us that are actually paying for it with with tax money. So it's it's really crazy how that uh, how that system is you know gotten ingrained and involved in all the craziness that goes on with that. The monetary system isn't real. Right. I mean, it's real to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a presentation. Viseas asked me once, and uh, Morinay asked me once about money, and I because I brought it up, and he says, "Well, why don't you, you know, present us something?" So I did. I had just left the Treasury at this time, mm-hmm. so I put together this presentation, and it lasted over a period of two contacts. When it was over. Morinay said, thank you very much. I learned a lot. Of course, they already knew because they've been studying us for a while. Mm-hmm. They time travel, so they know. Viseas mm. just looked at me and asked one question. Why do you have to pay to live on a planet you were born on? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and, and pay over and over and over again. It's like <laughs> you, you can buy exactly. the property you live on completely paid yeah. off but you still have to pay yeah. and that the property uh, tax state or wherever you're at a right. tax. Yeah. Uh, and, and over, pay. over the period of time you pay for the property twice. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> and if it gets passed down, you know, it doesn't, it's not like it stops. It keeps going. It probably goes up more and more and more, you know, as time goes on. Depending so on the more irresponsible the government, yeah, the more expensive it becomes. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy system that we've uh, allowed to uh, get ourselves enslaved into. There you go, and that's and it. That's part of free will. Yeah. So where where does free will stand in this going forward? You either exercise it or you don't. Yeah. I think most of us don't understand what it means, but again, it comes down to the conditioning to unconditionally be responsible for oneself without being coerced to accept some higher authority. And that's the problem. And in all of these institutions, the government. Yeah. I've heard you talk about this before. This is an extremely important point for people to get. Like right now, a lot of people are like, please, someone come save us. You're giving your free will away to somebody. So yes, you are. Yes, you are for for something that they still do not have a live culture of. <laughs> no one has one. Can you give us a sample, a live sample of of this virus? No, there isn't one. No. (laughs) So let's just give away all our freedoms then. That makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As we go forward and as people start to, uh, you know, become more aware, I guess, they'll start to see this stuff. A lot of us have been pointing this out, but still people run out and get that thing. They think it's going to protect them. But that's uh, that's not working out too good for a lot of people, unfortunately. No, it's not. You know, I just think the people need to take a stand and they need to start pushing back, saying, no, we're not doing this. And you're not going to make us do it. You know, and the more people there are that take the stand and push back, they will back down because we are the majority. We're the ones who do all the labor. We're the ones who pay for everything. You know, I don't understand why. We just bend over so easily. I, I just don't get it. But I, you know, there is a shift. There definitely is a shift, and you're beginning to see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think here in the United States, uh, the Trump presidency was huge for that. It, it showed a lot of people look what you can accomplish if you just say no. 
You know, if you just push back, if you call them out for what they are, look at the results, look at what happens. And I think it was an, an excellent example for people to finally say, you know what, we've had enough. And I know that there are people all over the planet that are in exactly the same position, maybe not so much with their governments, but it could be with their banking system. It could be with their local regulators. It could be with the medical institutions around the world. It's just like, everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute here. Who, who said you were God? Who gave you the power to tell me to take this thing? We'll see. I really believe we've turned a corner. Mm -hmm. But every day, there's a lot of change. And a lot of it we don't hear about. But there is a lot of change, especially uh, amongst the common man and women all over the planet. They are beginning to talk more. They're beginning to share their frustrations. They are uh, moving against small local community governments. And they're standing up here in the states. State governments are getting an earful because people are done. And, um, you know, unelected bureaucrats are a real issue, not just here, but everywhere. Mm. Because they have no authority and yet they act like they do. I think there's a, a profound amount of common sense coming back to the people. I agree. And I, I think, you know, this, this, this topic we're talking about is, uh, you know, we've, we're pretty much looking outside of ourselves for a savior to come and save us. But the real, the real uh, lesson is to look within and find yeah. that you have the power. You know, that's all been all part of the conditioning. Give your power away and we'll protect you. Mm -hmm. Give your guns away and we'll protect you. Mm -hmm. Give away your soul and we'll protect you. I'll rescue you. You know, when it wasn't, wasn't it Jesus who said, these things I do, ye shall do greater if oh, yeah. ye have faith. You know, that means we're equal. We're, we're brothers. We can all do this. Mm -hmm. And yet people just don't connect to that. They want to give their power away because, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't want to do the real work. They don't really want to work on themselves because it takes discipline. It takes initiative. It takes devotion to oneself to do those things. And, yeah, it's hard. But the dividends, there's no price that you can put on it at the end of it. You know, because then you're truly a sovereign being inside and out. And no one can control you. Man, that's that's a good point. Uh, and I feel that's one of the greatest things I learned, you know, being in the SEAL teams, uh, where I learned, uh, you know, the discipline like you're talking about, to really, you know, had to go within to find, you know, the power within myself. Yes. Because if I look for it outside, I saw everybody else that was doing that, you know, failed over and over again, you know, especially in uh, yeah. the, the, the BUDS training. And then having the, the ability, the I was fortunate and great, grateful to come back as an instructor to see, you know, that trans transition happen within the consciousness of people. And uh, that's what I try and teach my, you know, everyone that I talk to now that you are very powerful. And just like you said, and I say that same quote from Jesus all the time, these things I can do, you can do it even greater. If you have faith, if you have faith with that, you can do these things, then you will. You just have to apply yourself and keep pushing for it. I mean, it's going to be amazing to see the human race grasp who it truly is, mm. you know, at least at least on a spiritual level. 
because there'll be this massive explosion of, of frequency, of joy, of empowerment. And we can we we will see things change very, very quickly because there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Mm. And when people focus on creating something and making it happen, and everybody moves in that direction, it happens just like that. You know, we get it done and it's done efficiently and everybody feels good about it. There's a sense of pride. And then every and then others begin to come in behind and say, hey, this is awesome. You know, we want to learn. We want to know what this is about. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that hundredth monkey syndrome, you know, where you have one group that get it and then the rest begin to follow suit until after, you know, maybe two or three generations, everybody's on the same page. Yeah, I'm I'm totally seeing that now. When I was in the the SEAL teams, they, even even some of the you know my SEAL brothers, you know they were they're kind of hard headed, kind of hard to, to see some of these advanced uh, consciousness things, the remote viewing, all the kind of crazy stuff. I was uh, tapping into a very very small percentage, you know, got that. And I was like, these are like the most at, at the time I thought they were the most advanced people there were. So I was like, how am I going to teach this to the average person? And I'm seeing that the actual average person is getting it quite well now. So it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, the level of uh, consciousness that's really uh, happening out here in the average person. Sure. Well, you know, you learn what to do by what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And there's been plenty of what doesn't work. So everybody's kind of really open to, hey, let's try this and see if it works. And it's turning out for a majority of people, it is working. Oh, yeah. You know, because they're dedicating themselves to it and saying, wow, this is amazing. But, you know, I have I have a lot of friends, too, that have no idea I do this. Hmm. And because I don't talk about it and I don't, I don't wear the T-shirt or anything like that. <laughs> But, you know, just remember, all the broken pieces always find their way home. They really do. Yeah, and they do. And and that was, that was uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, so some, so a few things that we talked about in, in front of the show. And wouldn't you guys like to know what that is? You would, actually. But the time is not yet ready. But, uh, yeah, he uh, Alex definitely put some pieces together for me that I'd heard over the years and has made it all fit very nicely. So other pieces, what what do the Andromedans tell you that's happening and how long is our transition into uh, from fourth into fifth? Oh, they haven't given me dates. And and that's the thing that I've always heard too. They don't, they, they just don't give dates. Well, they live in fifth. They don't live in third. Yeah. They don't measure time the way we do. For an example, here on earth, we count a year as one rotation around the sun. In Andromeda, what they consider to be a year is when their body regenerates every new cell in it. And that's approximately seven years, our time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's just how they do things differently. They, but they, you know, the average uh, life expectancy for them is somewhere around two, uh, 2003 years, 2003 years of age. Mm. So, you know, they can send their kids to school for 150 years and they can learn everything. <laughs> and then they've got this huge span of life to take what they've learned and put it into practice uh, where we don't have that. Yeah. 
you know, with some of our switches, DNA switches, having been turned off, our lifespans are very short. And I believe that was done intentionally because, like I said earlier in the program, you know, we're very clever. We figure things out. And I think what was happening is that we were becoming more and more like them to the point that if it had continued, we would be rivaling our own masters. Mm-hmm. And they weren't going to have any of that mm-hmm. because that's not what a good slave does. Oh, yeah. And it would only take four or five generations to do that, to alter our DNA so that our lifespan would drop from 900 to 120 to 70. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't take much. Yeah, so we have the we have the biblical stories of you know Methuselah and you know his you know, his father was even Moses, older than him yeah. and nine hundred plus years, and yeah. it wasn't too like you're saying it wasn't too long after that it just like dropped drop and then boom you know it, it dropped like a stone yeah yeah good point so, so on the other side of uh you know four or five D then we're 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 living longer yeah I think we're already starting to live longer I believe I'm going to live a long time I just feel that on a certain level. What other amazing things do the Andromedans experience? Because they're they're pretty much like us. They're they're humanoid. And in fact, uh, you yeah. know, everything you know came. All the humanoids, basically, as you're as you talked about, you know, came out from a a, a certain system and expanded around the uh, galaxy. Correct. Out of Lyra, actually. Out of Lyra. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they talk about the escape from Lyra. It was. It's interesting how that all came about, there were not the raw materials to build spacecraft, especially in a hurry. So what they did was they went out and they captured very large asteroids or small moons, Mm. and they brought them into orbit. They hollowed them out. They added propulsion systems to the surface. Mm. And then on the inside, they would essentially terraform them. They would fix them so that they could grow food, generate oxygen, uh, water, which is prevalent throughout space. All you have to do is is catch uh, asteroid um, uh, comets and things like that. And if you have a purification system, you can do it. And that is essentially, in asteroids and small moons, how the human race migrated out of Lyra as it was being taken down by the draconian system. Wow. It's a remarkable story. And, you know, that somebody needs to make a movie of it. Like Superman movie? <laughs> well, not exactly the same. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a, you know, these these little threads of stories, I think, come through. I agree with you that it, that would be quite epic. It would have to be like multiple movies. Yeah. But, you know, that's what happened. And. You know, again, that's the human race. Those are our forefathers and foremothers. You know, they're very ingenious, very ingenious so that when they're pushed to the limit, something happens and they they do these incredible things. And I don't necessarily want that to happen to us here on the surface, but, you know, it, it just may be that that's exactly what happens. You know, that there's this critical event that kind of just wakes everybody up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, humanity just decides, you know what, we have to get along with each other. And everybody drops their their weapons and they stop moving their walls. 
you know, stop being amazed and moving their walls so we can get to know each other. And, and then we just, you know, we start to come together as a family. I would say that many of the star families, uh, the star nations, they look at themselves as a family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, doesn't matter your parents, who they are, what they are, but you know, on the surface or in their, their, their solar systems that they see each other as a family and they watch out for each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's multiplied by two when they go off on their own into other star systems and travel, whether it's on research missions, military missions, ambassadorial type of missions, it doesn't matter. Everybody sticks together and they watch each other's back. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that at some point when all the regressives are off the planet and it's just us, Michael, mm-hmm. we're not only going to have the surface, but we're also going to have the inner earth. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing about we have to kill the population because the planet can't sustain it. It's mm-hmm. pure rubbish. Total. It's pure rubbish. They, they, what it is, is they want to get rid of us because we're different. And it's their attitude is, well, if we can't own you, no one will. Mm-hmm. And it's not about ownership. It's about us wanting our freedom and being free. So, you know, this mindset that the regressive have is just, it's psychotic. There's no other word for it. But we're going to have both the surface and the inside of the planet. And what's interesting is that once that occurs, because of everything we've been through and the makeup of our DNA, all of these different races, we can petition any one of the galactic councils and ask to take the solar system over as our sovereign home. Technically, we do not have a sovereign home. Even though we're all on Earth, it's technically not our home. We don't own it. We live here, but we don't own it. It's, it, it's, it's not something that our race will inherit. Hmm. But once this all happens, we are in a position to do that. And we would always have a home. You know, Terrans, as we call ourselves, we would always have a home. What's also interesting is the parade. When a new solar system or a race is brought into a federation of planets or an alliance of planets, what they do is they have a parade and it, it will be on a neutral, a neutral planet. And what they do is they bring starships here. If we don't have the technical capability to do it ourselves, they will bring very large starships and we will put on board these starships samples of all the different life forms we have on the planet and the different cultures that we have on the planet. And then we are taken to this place, wherever it is, this neutral site, and we introduce ourselves oh, and wow. we play our music. We mm-hmm. show our costumes. We show the life forms that are indigenous to the planet. And we have this. And at, at the end of the ceremony, the earth and its people make part of this alliance. And it, it's almost kind of like a NATO thing mm-hmm. where now you're part of the family Except, you know, these alliances are millions of years old. Mm -hmm. They don't go away. 
you know, there's always support for you. And at that point, you know, we can pretty much ask for anything we want. Wow. And it will be given to us in the form of technology, medicine, environmental technology. Uh, the A's once said that they could clean up the Earth's entire atmosphere of radiation and all the other harmful chemicals within 30 days. Oh, my gosh. That's all that. it would Amazing. take. Mm. And in that fact, there's, there's technology or mineral minerals that were brought into our solar system. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jupiter and Saturn have a bunch of new planets and new moons. Mm. Well, many of those new moons carry on them minerals, which can be used to clean the ocean water of all the radiation. Through a process, they, they refine it, and then they put it in this type of equipment. And what it does is it draws all the radiation to it. And then you can put it on barges and just trail it up and down the water, uh, the ocean, the coastlines. And when you're done, you pull it out of the water and you burn it in some kind of a thing. And it's, and it's gone because this mineral, which is on these moons that were brought here, does exactly that. And they were hoping oh to start doing that already close to Japan because of, of, of uh, Fukushima. Fukushima. Yeah. But there's still too much shit going on in the oceans right now. Right. And, and I'm not talking on the surface. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of stuff going on, there, on underneath the seas. Oh, yeah. So the divine plan is that all have freedom. One of the greatest things you've talked about that you learn from the Andromedans is that the love that you withhold is the pain that you carry. So love is the answer. And I've talked about that quite a bit as well. Yeah. You get what you give. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so, it's so simple. Yeah. It really is. I don't know why we complicate it, mm -hmm. but we do. It's almost like we think too much about it. And then we try to talk ourselves out of it because it's too simple. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. You're, you're like remote viewing. You're just making it too hard. It's so simple. It's it, we all have it and just unlearn all the, all the stuff that you've been taught and just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it? What What is it that Yoda said? You have to unlearn what you've learned. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You got to wipe the slate clean of all the debris, all the nonsense, all the stuff that doesn't serve you. Yeah. And then fill your head with that which does work for you, Beautiful. you know, and makes you better. Not all the woulda, coulda, shouldas, not everybody else's opinion. None of that matters. None of that. That, that was a, that was another thing that, that you brought up about the Andromedans that they're not really into watching entertainment. They want yeah. to learn. So everything that they do is about learning. So they learn, constantly learn. And I, I love that. It's kind of the way I feel like they're talking to you right now. I'm learning. It's it's uh, and hopefully everyone that's watching is learning. And this is the thing that really gives us joy and uh, we're attracted to. Well, it expands your mind. It expands your consciousness. It it opens up areas of the brain where you're like, you know, where your imagination kicks back in. And, you know, if you have imagination, you can create anything in your life. You know, and that's one of the things that I think we've lost through all the media because they try to teach us, they, they, they want to program everybody what to think. Right. No one's using their own imagination. And, you know, Tesla, Einstein, they were very old school in that way, mm -hmm. you know? 
think for yourself, allow your mind to go to different places and then try to figure out how you can make it work because you're only limited, you know, by the limits you put on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, even, even if you've been programmed or conditioned to give your power away, those are still decisions you made to give your power away. So, you know, the responsibility always comes back to, you know, who we are, what we are, and who we believe ourselves to be. I'm telling you, man, I've said this once or I've said it a hundred times, earth is boot camp for the soul. (laughs) That's beautiful because I I feel like uh, sometimes that's what, that's definitely what I've been going through. I remember, you know, being a Navy SEAL, we, you know, we just all kind of like clicked, you know, and we'd have a, we'd have a mission where it was a real combat mission, training mission. And some of the training missions I was on the far harder than the combat missions I was on the real ones. This is our objective. This is what we're going to accomplish. We'd have kind of like an idea how we're going to do it. And then we just go and it would never happen the way we briefed it, but we'd always accomplish it almost always. And and it was absolutely amazing, you know, to, to work with a group of people that had that kind of focus and could, uh, you know, manifest something that was quite frankly, impossible. A lot of, a lot of on the fly, no less. And on the fly. Yeah. You pull shit right out of your ass and you just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. When you're with a group of people, they can do that. It's great. <laughs> but all of, all of humanity is like that, you know, and like, exactly. we keep, like we were talking about, you know, we're programmed not to be able to think, use our imagination, you know, Tesla and, and Einstein were like, that's one of the greatest things that you have as a human being, your imagination, but that's been dumbed down over time. You know, well, your yeah. imagination, that's like, look, that's kids play. No, that's your greatest thing. You're trained as a kid to learn how to use that into adulthood. But this is everybody's looking at this. Everybody's got one of these, you know, and and they're looking down. They're they're not even looking at where they're going half the time or they're driving in the car. They're like this. You know, I mean, it's just insane. And when they have the mask on, it's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's even worse. Right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. The well, face diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we laugh at it, but, you know, there's there's some people, there's many people that have been hooked by that. It's uh, it's tragic, but. Uh, it, it is. I, I don't know what happened. You know, well, it's I don't know just what like happened. we talked about, you know, they're, you know, you're giving your power away to uh, other people and they're, they're going to play these games with you. It's like put put a face diaper on. And I even saw that in Mexico, when you're eating, they have a nose diaper now. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, and that's what, <laughs> but they're doing it. They're trying to push it. And it's probably going to stick for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, and, you I, know, you know, a year I, and a half ago, we, we we would probably say the same thing. Yeah, the whole world's going to be in diapers. No, that's ah, no. Ah, ah, ah. but you, here we are. You know what? When when neutral when neutral extraterrestrials cruise through our solar system, that's where the one looks at his wife and goes, "Honey, you better lock the doors." <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty oh, yeah, rough part of the pretty rough part of the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> So loving the self, the earth, and all races. If you could take (laughs) us to the end, we're like the last five or so minutes here. If you could say a few last uh, words of, uh, you know, positive encouragement, what would you say? Wishing is where the heart wants to go. 
and doing makes the dream come true. Mm. You know, once you know what you want, the only thing in your way is you. There really are no obstacles. They want you to believe there are, but there aren't. And what we all need to realize is that all of us, a majority of all of us, probably 98% of us all want the same thing. You know, a safe environment, our kids to be safe, to be healthy, and to have a, a decent shelter and good food. That's a place to start. And there's absolutely no reason we we shouldn't have that already. We all know that we want that. But what's happened is, is we've given these corporations the power to control our lives. And they don't give a hoot. Mm -mm. They don't give a hoot at all about the people. All they care about is paper with pictures on it. You know, what we call money. And that's really all it is, paper with pictures on it. You know, we should take some of the golf courses in our neighborhoods and turn them into farms, co-op farms, mm. and start growing food. And we all start to feed ourselves, you know, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Everybody chips in. If you work there and you chip in, you reap the benefits, but you have to contribute something, you know, and how easy would it be to make sure that no one ever starved again? Homeless shelters. How is it that illegal immigrants are getting $15,000 for a place to stay, and we have veterans, there's at least 4,000 in Denver alone who are homeless that have to sleep out in the snow. There is absolutely no excuse for this. No, None whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And we've waited and waited and waited for the bureaucrats to do this. They're never going to do it. So we have to do it. And essentially, that's what we have to do. We have to take back our communities, our country, no matter where you are on the planet, and they're not going to stand in your way because ultimately they want the same thing. The problem is they're controlled, bribed, or being blackmailed. Mm. You need to get rid of them anyway for any one of those three reasons. Right. So, you know, why are we waiting? Let's just take care of it. Let's just do it. As Nike said, just do it. <laughs> so, not, that I'm, not that I'm pimping for my Nike. I'm not. You hold the power. You ultimately hold the power. And we just got to get you to believe it because once you believe it, then our job is done. Then we can go to the next poor schmo who doesn't believe it and make him believe it. And then mm -hmm. over and we keep doing this. And before you know it, you know, the country is free. The people are back in control and humanity can begin to take the next steps towards uh, planetary sovereignty and then galactic sovereignty. Mm. We have a lot to offer. Our extremes of emotions, you know, our music is something that is phenomenal, that is really cherished out there, especially classical music, anything that doesn't have um, uh, lyrics. There's no singing, but just the, the, the musical piece. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of star nations that collect our music because it's so different. Wow. And the reason they like it is because of the emotion they feel in the notes and the melodies hmm. it's 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 communication to them hmm. you know there's just so much we can do there's so much we can teach them after we get out of our own way michael it's been a real pleasure thank it you it has alex and uh, if people want to get hold of you how do they uh how they contact you or well we do a little webinar and it's uh alexcollier.org 
or if you want to contact me directly, it's galahad1818 at outlook.com. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Thank you.